everybody. This is Shannon Robnett with the Real Estate Rundown. I just wanted to come to you guys today and let's talk about something that's probably not your basic real estate maneuvers. You know, you've got your advanced gymnastics, you've got your advanced real estate. But here on the Real Estate Rundown, what we like to do is we like to bring you all aspects of it. And we hope that if you're joining us for the first time, you'll go back and look at some of our other archives of some simpler things like how to buy your first house, uh, what's a good thing to do with a fix and flip? What is a BRRR? Those are some of the other topics that you can find on our channel, but those are kind of typical. Um, those are the, the ones that you know I see a lot of people doing. We've got some other topics on what is a syndication? How do you get involved with a syndication? What happens next after I've sold my property? But you know, one of the things that real estate has that I think a lot of people believe the way that it's written to encourage us to take advantage of property. Let me clarify that statement a little bit. I think that the IRS tax code has been written in such a way that those of us that are involved in real estate rentals, that own real estate property, that own income property, I believe that the IRS has written the code to be advantageous to us as a way to reward people for owning real estate property. I want to talk to you guys today about a particular portion of the tax code called 1031. You know, like most things with the IRS, it's not real inventive. Why do we call it a 1031? Uh, because it's IRS code 1031. It really doesn't have anything special to do with anything else. There's no mystery in that. But what a 1031 allows you to do is it allows you to transfer your gains without paying taxes. Let's just assume that John buys a particular rental property. John buys that property for $100,000. After four years, let's just call it four years, why not? John wants to sell that property and he wants to buy another piece of property. Well, in the meantime, John's property is appreciated to $150,000 and John would like to exchange that or would like to sell that and buy another piece. John just goes out and sells his property, sells his house or his commercial building, John's going to pay capital gains tax. Now, capital gains tax is a lesser tax than ordinary income tax in most cases. It's still a tax that you're going to pay. So if John's asset is selling for $150,000, then John is going to pay taxes on his gain, which would be paid $100,000. He had some miscellaneous expenses where he did some improvements that cost about $10,000, then he'll have a $110,000 basis. But then over the last four years, John's accountant has depreciated out John's asset on the scale that the IRS would allow you to do so. Then at the end of that time, John is going to be sitting there with a gain to pay on the $50,000 plus or minus dollars that he's made on the home or the property unless John decides to do a 1031. 1031 is a very simple thing to do even though it sounds pretty complicated. And everybody that does a 1031 needs to have one thing involved in every single 1031. And that is an unaffiliated accommodator. A lot of times your title companies will offer you accommodators. They have somebody in their 1031 department Sometimes there's outside 1031 accommodators who their whole job is to hold your funds until you're ready to spend them again. But the IRS says that if, if John sells his house on January 1st, John has 45 days to name his new property that he wants to buy and 180 days from the date he sells his property to have completed his transaction. 
The other thing that the IRS mandates is that if John sells for $150,000, John has to spend $150,001 so that his second purchase must be greater than the first sale. Now, the IRS does not say that you can not buy two properties or three. Typically, your accommodator allows you to name up to three. But if John wanted to, he could sell his $150,000 home rental income property, and he could buy two. They would need to be $75,050, really, but two properties that equal to $150,000 plus $1. So those are the simple things that are involved in that. Now, the easiest thing that I found if somebody's interested in doing a 1031 exchange is to call your local title company. Title companies do a lot of things. They, they, they transact escrows. They, and an escrow is simply something where they hold on to all the documents that are necessary, like Switzerland. And then once all the documents are executed, they then disperse the funds to the one person, the keys to the other, the titles get recorded, everything, all the transaction needs to happen, even though not everybody's in the same room doing the same thing at the same time. An accommodator takes your funds, so you sell your first home, put your funds in with the accommodator. The accommodator says, okay, I am now acting as John, and I am, after the 45 days, have named these two potential properties that I would buy as John if I were John. And then you go about the transaction and you do the due diligence. One of the things that we found that I have seen that is kind of baffling to me is lately with the lack of inventory that we have in our marketplace that people would actually agree to sell something without knowing what they're going to buy. And what I mean by that is I have seen people make terrible deals, buy horrible things that do not cash flow, that are in the wrong part of town, that need a lot of work, that are all the wrong kind of things that don't really fit what they were trying to do. They just sold a nice income producing property and they bought this thing that doesn't fit their profile. It doesn't do any of those things because they had to name it and it was not, they didn't have any time left. They had 46 days or 42 days and there was three days left and they didn't like anything that was out there, but they named these two things and then they go do their due diligence and they're trying to figure out what to do and they finally just come to in a frustrated conclusion. They go, shoot, I got to buy something. The reality is some people forget that they could just pay the taxes. They could just pay the 28% capital gains tax and be done with it, but they choose not to. They choose to buy a bad deal. And I think that it's it's tragic, really, that people get themselves into a position where that's what happens. At the end of the day, they have met their obligation. They have named it in 45 days. They have closed on it inside of the 180, and they have completed a 1031. There's also what is called a reverse 1031. And this is what I think most people should be doing if most people have the financial ability to do so. The reverse 1031 says that John is going to buy his new property, and when he buys it, he's going to title it with the accommodator, and he's going to let the accommodator know that I'm going to buy this, and then I'm going to sell something. And John has 45 days to tell them what he's going to sell. So John's walking along, he's doing his thing, life is great, he spots this incredible deal, and he says, man, I'd really love to have this piece but I can't have this and my other rentals. I'm going to have to sell something, but I don't have time to wait. I've got to buy this one. So John buys this one, and the house is $120,000. John says, man, that's great. I love this thing. I'm going to buy it. The reality is then he has to figure out what to sell. So then John looks at it, and he says, well, I've got these two houses. Let's put them both on the market, and let's see which one sells. Maybe he just wants to sell one, but at the end of the day, John sells something 
inside that 180 days and closes out the transaction with the accommodator and now owns the new property that he bought before he sold. So that's the reverse part. So you've got the, the regular 1031 that you could do a simultaneous close on, which rarely never happens, or you could do a uh, regular 1031 where you buy uh, some or you sell something within 45 days you name your new property and with 180 total days you you deploy all your capital you can also do this with construction projects as long as all the money is spent by that 180 days you cannot receive any boot which boot is money so you can't buy something that gives you additional funds you, because if you do, those are considered taxable. You have to make sure that you're doing those kinds of things. Now, the IRS doesn't care what you have for. They don't care if you have a loan on the property. They don't care how much equity you have in it. Um, all they care about is that when you're done, you have spent $1 more than your sale. Now, let's just say that you sell your property for $120,000 and you can only find $115,000 property to buy. Well, that's okay. You're going to defer 45 of your $50,000 gain in our scenario, and then you will pay taxes on the, the remaining 5000 Most people don't have a problem spending more money, spending that dollar more than, than the property they sold. So guys, that's all there is to it. What I would recommend is if you want to do a 1031 exchange, it's a great way to save money on your taxes. Uh, as you move forward, though, you need to understand that when you move into the second property and you've paid $152,000 for the second property, the IRS is only going to recognize the gain, or sorry, the, the basis that came out of the first property. So if you had a $100,000 basis and you sold the property for $150,000, you move into the second property you paid $152,000 for, the IRS is only going to recognize your $100,000 basis from the first property and the $2,000 you added to that to come up with your new purchase price, right? 152 minus the 50 in gain. So at the end of the day, you move this along, there will come a reckoning. At some point, there will be a day of reckoning, but until that happens, you're able to build your wealth with the IRS's money, right? Because you do owe it to them once you do finally sell. I've seen this used quite often in, in wealth building techniques where people continue to build, but then before the estate when when it's retired uh, the gentleman or the, the the woman is done acquiring properties a lot of times they will sell to transact and put that in a trust because and that's a, that's a topic for another day but put that in a trust because they want to avoid the death tax which is quite a bit inheritance tax is quite a bit higher than capital gains it's something to check out it's definitely something that all title companies will be able to help you with resources, get you plugged into people that can do this. It's usually not that expensive, $750 or $1,000 for the, for the file fee to set up and everything like that and act as your accommodator. So guys, it's really an awesome way for you to avoid paying taxes, it allows you to continue to play in the game with the monies that you've made. So guys, let's look at uh, the 1031 as something that's a legitimate way to continue to grow your wealth. And I'll look forward to seeing you guys next time here on the Real Estate Rundown. This is Shannon Rubnett. We'll talk to you later.